Hey guys, Kate here. Before we jump into this episode about fees, I just want to talk to you real quick about Workation. We've got one and it's open. So if you'd like to join us, it's going to be in Austin, Texas, uh, December 9th through the 12th. That's a Monday to a Thursday, three nights, two and a half days. We've rented a house, all the meals and everything like that's going to be included and taken care of so that you can come and focus, ready to co-work, ready to collaborate. If you'd be interested in that, head on over to travelprotheory.com, check out the details, and you can apply from there. I will say that today is August the 2nd. We're releasing the podcast, and we have four spaces available. That's it. We launched this a few days ago. Six have filled up. We've got four left. So it's moving fast. If you're into it, go check it out. Otherwise, enjoy this episode. Hey, I'm Kate. And this is Heather. And, and this <laughs> nailed it. This is I Travel Pro Theory. <laughs> I don't know if it's ever. It's just never going to be right. We go it's too never long. Be right. it's, I know we wait too long in between recording. Um, so today we're talking about. Um, well, we're going to talk about a few things, hopefully. But let's just start with fees, fees, yeah. fees, and fees. Um, hot topic. Actually, I. Would you say this is one of our top questions people asking about fees? I feel like yeah, we hear it really a lot of like is. Do you know what's funny to me about, about it, it though? And I hmm. I know it's just because of the influx of newer advisors and them, you know, mm-hmm. figuring things out and obviously we see that over here on on TPT, but it's just funny to me cuz this has been a hot topic for almost a decade. Like oh, yeah, people, it has. we've we've been talking about fees forever. <laughs> And it's just kind of like, oh, this conversation really hasn't changed. I don't know. Maybe it never will. I don't know. Or maybe it'll be 20 years from now when it's like not such a hot, you know, controversial topic. I do think it'll change over time. I mean, definitely back in my early days, um, most advisors were not charging fees, I would say. Correct. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. So most, most were not charging fees. A few were. Uh, but definitely not the norm, not a not as common. Whereas I think fees are very much like in trend today. Um, and I, I don't know how I, I don't know if that's going to stay or or not. I guess we'll see. But yeah, so let's talk about it. Like, should you charge a fee? Should you not charge a fee? How much? Maybe to we charge? should go in like in the order of like a linear of, of your career. Do you know what? Did that make mm, sense? Yes. You know yeah, what I mean? Totally. Like, yeah. go from. Best way to start. Yeah. And I was going to say, I didn't start charging fees until I was probably year. I think I've been charging fees roughly six to seven years off the top okay. of my head, right? Like, I think that's where I'm at. Um, I've been charging them long enough that I don't remember. I do remember not charging them, but not like it feels like a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but I think I, so I'd probably been doing it this for at least five years. Okay. And yeah, that sounds right. I, yeah. I was like, I think that's about, and it was basically when the agency I worked for was, we had gotten to the point where we were trying to change kind of the clientele that we were getting. And we had gone to a more of a boutique, you know, appointment only, you know, consultation style agency versus taking yeah. every walk in that walked in the door. 
Yeah. And actually, I still remember some of those days. Like, it was kind of funny when people walk in with their carnival cruise and be like, oh, okay, great. Our receptionist, I could still hear her <laughs> voice being like, great. Well, you know, let's set you up an appointment. And she'd hand, all, hand out our brochure. We had like a little, I call them a rack card because that's what I think photographers call oh, them. Oh, yeah. Um, but a little like, here's what we do. Who's Here's who we are. And she would hand that out and she'd be like, we do have a fee for our services. And I'll just never forget this one guy. What? What? <laughs> and, it was like, and we were all like kind Shock. of laughing at our desk because we we're all right there, of course. It's like an open, you know, office plan. And we're like, cool. Don't let the door hit you on the ass. Bye. Take your carnival cruise and go. See ya. See ya. I just think, and I'm sure we can all relate to this. It's so... Yeah. Like, it's all very cyclical, too, in, in my head. Like, the consumer yeah. has no clue how this works. They all yeah. they do, they might have a rough idea that we're making a commission off of, you know, the companies we work with, sure. But to them, like, they just don't know what that number is. They probably have an m- imaginary number in their head of like, mm-hmm. oh, they're making XYZ amount or whatever it is. Yeah. But they don't know that a lot of times that's pre-tax. That yeah. a lot of times it's like pre-tax off the ba- base, you know, base rate. Um, it's it's so very little when it when it really adds up, depending on what we're talking about and, it, and, and the also, amount we're talking about. Yeah, and the amount, and they also have. I mean, we know this. They have no concept of time that it takes to do things. Um, right, so because they, the consumer, even if they knew the number, point and click, they don't point know. And click. Yeah, they don't know how much time you've you've actually spent on something. Um, no, yeah, uh, not at all. So yeah, so we started, I think charging fees, we started off with like, I think a hundred a person off the yeah, top of my head. We never did the like plan, what I call plan to go where you, you charge someone and then you put that towards to. their final payment. But Katie and I were talking about this. We actually think that's a great way to start when you're uncomfortable and you're just trying to like get the idea of that a concept out to your clientele or your new clientele. Yes. The only hesitation I have in it is that I still if you're trying to get a different clientele worked into your into your business a higher I say higher and I don't really mean that in like a derogatory way, but like a clientele that's willing to pay a fee, I don't know that that's going to get you that clientele. Yeah. That if you give but it I back do- to them at their final payment, I just don't yeah. I think Somebody who's going to pay a fee is going to pay a fee. They don't want it. They don't care if they get it back. Right, right, exactly. I think it is a good way to start, though. And here's here's why I say that. Because I agree with you that it, it may not be, like, a plan to go fee may not get you the clientele you want in the long term if you're trying to, like, skew a little higher um, in terms of the dollar spend. But I, if you are just starting, you need practice. You need bookings. Just you need confidence. clients. Yeah, mm-hmm. you. That's you. Just gotta do do that and get started. I I think it, um, one thing I I hope we get across in the course of the podcast is like it's not wrong to charge a fee, and it's also not wrong to not charge a fee. It's whatever works for you, your business, for your clients. There's a lot of advisors out there just like straight up killing it and not charging a dime for their services, you know, in tar- terms of fees. And there's a lot of advisors out there who are um, really leaning heavily on fees. So there's kind of no right or wrong way to do that. But I would say if you don't have a, if you don't have like a solid book of clients, like if you don't have business mm-hmm. coming in, then you need to reevaluate your fee strategy, whatever that is. Uh, yeah, agree. 
Like, if, yeah. yeah, don't, it's kind of what we were saying while we were talking when we were trying to get ready for the podcast. Like, it doesn't make sense. We see people who are so adamant about the fees because they're hearing it, because they're, I, I like almost call it peer pressure. For like everybody yes. around me is talking about fees. I know a lot of training programs talk about fees, et cetera, but then they don't have the clientele to, to match that. And I think right. you do have to, um, like when, especially when you're new and you're under year two and under, you need to do all the work and research. That's how you you're earning your yeah your expertise, right? Yeah. You're earning your credibility by being like, you yeah. know, I've done that research before. I've walked that path before. You know, I couldn't. I, there's no way I could have come come out the gate and been charging fees. What? Yeah. Why? What are you paying me for? My me? Actually, you and I have said this a lot. If somebody's charging a fee right off the gate, right. I can't talk right out the gate. Yeah. It's kind of like you're paying, they're paying for you to go and be a newbie and do they're the paying research. For you to learn. Which, mm-hmm. Who the fuck does that? Like, I'm not going to pay my like, hairstylist as much when she's brand new. I'm yeah, not paying you to, to yeah. learn. That yeah. literally doesn't make sense. And I think, and I think it gives everybody, all of us a bad rap in that sense. Like, yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Because how many times, I mean, we've, we've seen this happen. How many times it's like someone, um, w- without as much experience takes a fee, takes a high fee, and then they don't know what they're doing. And then, so they're reaching out to other advisors or to us for like help and assistance, which is the right thing to do. If you need help, reach out for help. But, you know, it's like, what are they paying you for? Like they're paying a, a, a fee that suggests experience. And if you don't have that experience, maybe, uh, I don't know, reevaluate. You come I don't re-evaluate. know. I agree. Yeah. No, I agree. Because I mean, I think it, it's, it's hard to say because you're, we're trying not to hurt any feelings here. And at the end of the day, you got to do you, boo. But yeah. it just, I get, you know, it's from the experience of what we've seen and what we've heard. And it, yeah. we're like, well, A plus B doesn't equal C again. Weird well, how that works. Yeah, if they're paying you a high fee and they're happy, you're you're golden. That's all good. With the reason I think, um, like I, I was saying it like that is because they're gonna know. Like if you if people can tell if you don't know what you're doing. To be honest, I mean they can just they can. So so you don't want to like give off an air of that you are in a position to be charging $500 right out of the gate or whatever. And then suddenly your client is like, what did I just pay for? Because that is going to hurt you in the long term, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I, I've said this openly before to either people individually or, I mean, you, you and I, Katie, you've talked about this. Like, I have sometimes regretted my mm-hmm. higher fee to people because something fell apart in terms of the DMC I was working with, where I'm like, they're not really owning up to what I feel like, you know, it should be the $500 should be worth and whatever I was making and stuff like that. So I've actually, I've felt uncomfortable and I've been doing this for 13 years. I still have instances where I'm like, man, I should have charged in that fee because something just isn't isn't in my for me like my expectation isn't being met for what I think that should be worth right and I'm sure someone could like have a heyday with that in the sense of like what do you mean you know but that it still happens it still happens where I might be working with a DMC that isn't living up to what I really needed for that client and I'm like damn it you know they paid this fee and I don't feel like they're getting out of it or or actually, I think an example of this too is 
I obviously feel like part of my fee comes from the fact that you have 13 years of experience. Like that's yeah. what you're you're paying yeah. for at this point. You're paying yeah. for 13 years of experience and 13 years of connections of knowing people. Oh yeah, but sometimes Yeah, like that that actually has a we are in the we are in a customer service people-based business. So there is some solid weight into who you know. And 100% I sometimes am like, especially if the DMC ends up doing uh, almost 99% of the work, I'm like, I don't really have to charge him that much. So then I have guilt over it, which is, you know, on me because I feel like, well, they're doing all the work. Granted, I'm, they wouldn't have known, Katie, you and I say this all the t- time, yeah. like, we're the people who know the people who know the people. That is our job. Yeah. Yep. So obviously yeah. there's value, but sometimes I still struggle with like, well, does it have a $500 value or does it have a $350 value? I'm not sure. And sometimes well, I don't is, know till I'm too far in. Yeah, this is what's interesting. It has been like, and I I, I hope everyone listening, um, especially if you're newer and you're trying to like find that sweet spot of how much to charge if you are going down the fee route or you're planning to incorporate it in the future or whatever, there's a different level of pressure on you both both from within yourself and from the client, like the higher you go, the more you're going to feel you owe them um, mm-hmm. as you do it. So like for me personally, Unless like, you're so like so a as magical operator, unicorn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, magical and unicorn. don't have that kind of pressure on yourself. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You just like, don't worry about it. So as an operator, I only charge, um, 350 if I work directly with a traveler, which is rarely, the vast majority of my business is from advisors. So those, of course, have no fees, which we've talked about a hundred times before. Um, but I, uh, <laughs> the reason I settled on 350 is I think it's an amount, like I've been in the business over 10 years. I think it's, a, it's an amount that I feel good at, but without yeah. any additional pressure. And to me, some of that line is like that I don't do air. So I'm not going to assist with that. Obviously, I'm specific to destinations i'm not going to be comparing to um you know i'm not giving them multiple proposals like if they come to me for ireland we're doing ireland i'm not comparing right that's true croatia um so yeah speaking from experience yeah (laughs) so so that's like that's where i decided but i think everyone it's i know that this is hard to to come around on but like when you get the number that feels like the right number you'll you'll know. Like, I don't feel bad at all about the fee that I charge. I feel really good about it. And I don't I feel agree. extra. I was going to say, I never feel bad when I charge 350. I actually feel like I'm not charging. I'm like, I'm a little under. Actually, just the other day. Yeah. So I charged for what they wanted. I was like, okay, 400. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. fair. Like I felt, so I've been like playing with numbers. Yeah. So here I am 13 years in, three years into my own business, and I'm still playing with this number and, and determining yeah. what is best for each client and what... You know, just knowing, I think the other part is you have to know your market. I do agree that there are some people out there, there's advisors that come to us, they're like, there's no way I could charge a fee, nobody would pay it. I actually, especially if you're in a small town and and you're actually trying to get clients locally, you're right, you're not going to get it. I don't... I, and I think I, especially depending on the product that you're selling too. I think if there if your product is like a lot of cruises or escorted tours and set things where they can literally just go and point and click on their own, I think that they're less likely to. Um, I yeah, and I was going to say I don't you. you know charge the the same amount for that either because like it's not as much work. Like I you yeah. know if I if all I 
yeah, like sometimes there's just not as much work. Now, for a cruise, on the other hand, those mass market cruises, holy crap, they're tons of work. Um, yeah. I was like, they're tons of work to me. But um, you just made me think of something I was going to say. Oh, I think I've said this yeah. before on here or I've told people, but my I also live in a pretty rural area and people around here, I only have a few clients around here. They're actually all doctors. They will pay my fee, but even they are like yeah. more on the penny pinching side than my other clients. And it's why I don't yeah. market locally. Like I don't want these clients locally because they – they're typical I grew up here like they're typical central Pennsylvanians they are they don't pay for experience they don't pay for stuff like that that is just not who they are they're very like blue collar hardworking, and that just isn't in their realm and that's okay which is fine I'm fortunate that like a lot of my clients don't live around here and so it's never been a a big problem for me, but I I actually do respect when you like I have no idea. I think that's where a plan to go for you makes sense too. Even if, especially totally. if you've been in the business a yes. while and you're like I really want to get paid for my time so these people aren't shopping. I think a plan to go fee yeah. is actually a great because then you will that get money if problem. they do walk away. But it's yeah. you know it's not a ton on their part. Put some skin on their game. Um, yeah, and I think anytime somebody comes to you and is like, what do you mean? Actually, I think I saw this in a Facebook forum that somebody like you know, flipped out and was like, I can, I can call so-and-so and get a quote, da, da, da. That's what your response. Absolutely. That's what the internet's for. That is not yeah. what I'm for. You Go call ahead. me for my expertise yeah. and my experience and the fact that I'm going to help you yeah. when you're on the ground. Yeah. If all you're wanting is a quote, then you can click, click on the internet. So just yes. give the internet it's where it's, where it's supposed to be. Katie and I have talked about this before, before, like we actually don't think it's that wrong that the internet is a place for booking travel for that capacity. Absolutely. Go book your, yeah, like go point click if you know what you want or all you want to do is look at some, you know, cheap pricing to hop down to Mexico for five seconds. Let's see what happens. Let them have that experience until they get burned and then they'll figure it out because y'all know they will eventually get burned. Mm-hmm. So it, it's well, inevitable. Yeah, and it, and it, yeah, it just holds its pl- that it has its own place for sure. And not everything is worth having someone else um, be involved. To be honest, you know, like a few nights here and there is not worth most ad- advisors' time. I would venture to guess. I think um, I think you have to be willing to be flexible and dynamic in your. Fees, like just because you have a fee listed on your website does not mean you can't change your mind in the course of a conversation with a client. Like I, I kind of, uh, I, I don't know if I'm, it's not frustrated. It always makes me sad when I see some newer advisors, they take such a hard line on the fees, but yet they are trying to grow their business. And I'm like, yes. you know, you got to know when it's okay to waive a fee or cut it in half or drop a hundred dollars off or whatever, because that experience is so valuable. And the, the more trips you plan, the better you are. So the more you're turning, like, I'm not, I'm not saying say yes to everything, but if you're turning everything down and you're not getting the work, you're also not growing your business as an advisor. I mean, not everything pays back in a dollar amount. It pays in experience as well. Um, Absolutely. So build your, build your portfolio up, plan some trips. Um, what else was I just going to say about this? Um, oh, uh, <laughs> this, I don't hope this doesn't like hurt anyone's feelings, but I'm going to say it. If you can't, like, I think I, to me, I feel like if you cannot 
confidently articulate why you're charging a fee, then you should not charge that fee. I don't think, I think if you get on the phone and you immediately panic and you're like, and not to say that that's not a hard conversation, so I shouldn't say panic, but like if you really, if you're just like, well, if you I avoid it, it, like you if really, yeah, like you can't talk about why you're charging the fee. Like, what is it for? Is it for your expertise? Is it for your time? Is because you've, you're building your model so that you do primarily on fees and you're willing to book things that are non-commissionable. What is it? Why are you charging? Like, it has to be more than just like, well, other people charge fees, so I'm charging Ex- a fee. Exactly. Just don't let, yeah. you know, peer pressure, um, yeah. you know, even from us and that's, you know, standpoint, like mm-hmm. you have to be confident in who you are. And if you haven't yeah. figured that out, like as far as, am I going to charge fees? That's fine. Sit on it for a while. You'll figure it out eventually. Yeah. You really will. Yeah. You'll get to the point. I always yes. joke with people, with new advisors that I'm like, you eventually will just get so jaded. You'll get sick of people picking your brain. You'll get, you just, you will. You'll hit that point where you're like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm so sick of everybody yeah, picking my brain, asking for information, not booking. You know, you'll just, and then you'll become really confident in, and saying, hey, no, you know what? It, I charge this much because, and I've actually used these specific words. Like I, I kind of have a variation of different things I say to clients, just depending on what angle they're coming at me at or where they came from or there's, you know, there's, there's so many different circumstances that bring them to that question typically if they're actually asking it. Because here's the thing, at this point in my career, I have it listed multiple places. So before they even talk to me on the phone, they know it's yeah. coming. Because I don't yeah. want to talk to them if they're if they're not prepared. That's a waste of my time. Yeah. Because there are fortunately plenty of clients that are willing to pay. So I'm like, I don't really want to talk to you if we're going to get there and you know you're going to balk at my fee. So it's so rare that that happens. Um, and actually, most of them are like, so when do we pay you? Like they don't even let me get it yeah. out. They're like, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like, so ready. Expecting it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like so, how how are we paying you? I love it when they're like, um, yeah. a check, and I'm like. I am slightly professional. Like there is a system to this. I promise you're not just mailing. I did have somebody who was like, can we Venmo you? And I'm like, I mean, no, but thanks. (laughs) Um, It just makes me laugh that they're like, they're willing to do like what I call a dope deal. I'm like, you're just willing to like. Yeah, they're just like, okay, I'll just leave the money in your mailbox, okay? Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) Um, I... uh Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, um, I want to, okay, I want to take actually a second and just to everyone who is out there right now who is not charging a fee, especially if you're newer and you're kind of like, oh, I know I should charge a fee, blah, blah, blah. And you're feeling that pressure. You don't have to. Like we said earlier, so many people are absolutely killing it charging a fee. And I would just to make the counterpoint that, you know, you have to charge fees, um, if you can cl- listen, my business is built on no fees. I'm not making fees on most of my work um, right. with, with advisors. So there are other ways, like a fee, a fee is a, a good way to supplement your income. It's also a good way to vet clients. Um, but it is not, it is not the only way. It is not the end all be all. You can have an absolutely successful business. There are so many other ways to vet an inquiry, and you will get better. You will get better over time. It's a constant learning process. I mean, even for me this year, like my May made zero sense. None of the patterns made any sense. And that's okay. Now I'm going to like reevaluate for next year. But 
my business is still doing a-okay, just fine. And I'm not charging a fee for nearly all of it. So yeah, I think you have to just- You'll be okay. Go. I, it's such a, it's like, this is actually a hard topic to talk about in the sense of like, we're talking to so many different types of businesses or types yeah. of um, advisors in the sense that each one of you has, is like the stuff you sell, the type of client you have is all a little different. So, you know, this conversation could be skewed a little bit different depending on what you're coming at me at. If you're coming at me and you're like, I sell mostly all-inclusive, fun in the sun, Caribbean cruises, it's a different conversation because yeah. you know what? You almost, oh, yeah. in my head, you need a fee because it's probably a lower fee, obviously, because you're just, uh, once the work is done, it's kind of done. Um, yeah. it, it's not like you have to follow up and you're booking train tickets and, you know, dinner reservations and all those little nitpicky things that you are with an FIT. Mm-hmm. But at the flip of that, you are offering a huge value. If you've spent, if you've been to Riviera Maya five times in the last two years because you've wanted to look at every single Charisma and AM Resorts property, you have a value. You know something mm-hmm. that I don't. But on the, so the fee is probably lower. But the other thing is you're not earning as much on a trip. For yeah. you to get to $1,000 a trip is, is going to take multiple rooms, like it, you right. know, or it's going to take a really high room category for a week plus. So uh, to me, that's where like the fee really comes in because you'll eventually get to the point where you're trying to figure out like, how much do I really need to earn per trip to make this worth my while? Right. And saying right. that, it took me a long time to get there. I don't, I hate math. So for me to sit down and focus on like, hmm, what is this n- actual number? I think I just did it in the last like year, year and a half where I was like, I should really focus yeah. on like, what is the number? You have a number, Katie, of what you need to bring in per trip to make it worth your while. Does it mean we only do those trips? No, but it's like no. 90% of my trips need to be in this category so that I am earning Correct. what I need to earn to keep, you know, to keep me in the game. So, yeah. And I would also say, um, too, like, I hope, I think we talked about this on another episode, too, where I, I would actually, I would love to see, um, especially newer advisors as you're kind of learning what to take, what not to take, because you will find your groove and you'll figure out what's working for you all, all the way around, you know, in terms of client, in terms of type of trip, whatever, like what your thing is. Um, but especially as you're starting out, I would encourage you to not just look at the monetary part of it, not just like you should have that number in mind, like what is your threshold? But one way, like I judge a lot of stuff is like how much, basically how much of a pain in the ass is this going to be? Because if I'm making a lot more money, but it's going to take three times the normal amount of attention, um, that's a little bit like, okay, is the payoff still worthwhile? Like you still got to think in terms of the amount of time and effort you're about to be spending on it and just like enjoyment factor. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's like if you catch me at the right time and oh, it doesn't even have to be at the right time, to be honest, if it's like something that sounds really fun to work on, like the rules go out the window, I'll do it. I'll do it and make almost nothing. Right. Um, and, it, and and I won't be salty about it, you know? Um, I'll, I'll be happy to do it. So I still do things, even at over a decade in, I'll still take on things because it's like, no, I actually, I need to do this. I want to learn how to do this. And uh, and then, and take it on and keep keep on rolling. 
And that's um, like the same thing we were saying earlier, though, when you're building, when you're brand new and you're building your business and stuff, you have to take stuff on just to do the research side of it, yeah. determine, do I like this or not? Listen, you're going to make a ton mm-hmm. of mistakes. We still make a ton of mistakes on like, ooh, we should have never taken that client. Like I, I actually have a project mm-hmm. I'm working on right now that I'm like, I don't really love it and want to do it. But I also know that they, there's yeah. nobody else out there that I can think of. And y'all know that I know a lot of people. That's my only goal in life is to know a lot of people. Is <laughs> know everyone. Uh, is to just know everyone. Just want my funeral to be packed. Um, and so it's so so depressingly true. I just want a shit ton of people at my funeral, not wearing black, and I want a lot of flowers. If you, if you go first, I will make sure that everyone Thank you've you. ever met shows up. That's the only thing I want. Just good music, good playlist. And lots of flowers. No, don't donate. Do not donate money to somebody instead of flowers. There's no in lieu I'm, of flowers I'm, happening. Yeah, no, no in lieu of flowers. I want the flowers. No, I. It's Anyways, funny because I still just want to be like tossed back in the like. Don't even tell anyone I'm gone. Just leave me in peace. <laughs> so stupid. So glad we put our our funeral plans out on the in the world. So nobody will have to guess. Nobody will have to guess Nobody what we will want. Have to guess. This is exactly yeah, this what we is want. What I want. We've Just made it. Me it's recorded for history alone. forever. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um, now I gotta remember. What, okay, so. Oh, I know. So, and all sorry. the people I, I can't know, stop like, what laughing the about. What are we talking about? Um, I still don't. I can't think of a person to take over this project that would that could do it better yeah. than I. And it actually, is a it's a project that like coincides with you. So I know that between the two of us. We can get this yeah. done, and yeah. it's still like I'm not I'm not super excited about. It. I'm like this is gonna be I'm gonna drink a lot to this project in the next nine months, <laughs> um, and I'm probably you know I'm gonna hate myself a hundred times over. Um, but it's like I also I genuinely want to help people, and I think that's the same for you. Like yeah. there's sometimes where you just really want to be able to help people and know that you can get it done, and you're like it th- you know this too shall pass. At the end of the day, even if it hurts, yeah, but it well, will pass. That's the thing. Like, we won't do yeah, it forever. Even if it hurts, it's so true. I mean, like there is no, I, I, it's there's no year, there's no threshold of experience that you cross where you no longer make a mistake and take a trip you shouldn't have taken. I still do it every year. Heather still does it every year. So just know that when you're sending us messages or uh, any other advisor messages who's been like been in it a while and you're like oh I shouldn't have done this you're that's gonna happen again and again and again and you'll get better you will get better every single time but it doesn't mean somebody's not gonna like catch you in a weak moment (laughs) and you're gonna say yes to something you wish you had said no to and I think I think kind of just embracing that a little bit makes makes that a little bit easier. Like it's going to happen. You just got to roll through it. And at the end of the day, at some point they will travel and it will be over. It will be over. I also want to talk about something related to fees because in our notes we had said, you know, fees are a current trend. There's a school of thought on making more from fees versus commission. So Mm -hmm. I read a story um, not that long ago that was talking about She's not really an advisor to me. She's actually a DMC. I'm hoping I'm not mixing this story up too bad in my oh, brain. I remember who you're talking. You know what about. I'm talking yeah. about? She's kind yes. of more of a tour yes. operator, right? Yes, hundred percent. So yeah, I actually—that's how I read it. Well, she's she's yeah, because she's she's con- like client-facing tour with- operator. Yes, yes, totally. That's and how so I. The read whole it. point of the story was that she brings in like eighty percent of her income from fees, and I was like, this isn't actually. I'm, it's not a great example. It, it's not a relatable example to me. No. 
if you're running as a no if you were doing that you're not I'm not doing the same thing you are I'm not putting the on the ground stuff together you are yeah so I just I kind of was bothered by that because I was like "Uh, this is not a great example do I know people make a killing on fees yes so I just was like but they're still it's not outweighing their commission yes let's not how does yes I'm trying to think of how that could really happen because let's say let's say let's play this game um your average client spend is 15K. Hold on, let me grab a calculator because yep. I'm not going to pretend I don't I do math. Yeah. 15,000. We're going to say you make an average of 12%. That could be higher or lower, obviously. Somebody's, I'm sure, having a fucking heyday with that so number. So it should be like 1,800. 1,800, right? So that's what yep. you make. Let's say you charge, hold on, write down numbers. Let's say you charge $100 a day. Like you do a, a per day fee mm-hmm. and they're traveling. Yeah. Let's say that's that's a 10 day trip. Can I do can I do this? So, 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 that, so you're still not making more. Like you're still not making more. I than mean, your I'm, commission. I'm yeah, just like, not, how would that ever get to of, the point? If especially if you're working with that yeah. type of client, how are you ever going to make? Unless you just charge a really large. Let's say somebody's do, like doing a buyout. No, I don't even know then. Yeah. Like you charge a large flat. I don't. Well, I again, if somebody has an example, that, holler. I want to. I want to walk through that yeah. math. Yeah, because I actually have never quite understood that either. Like, obviously, you could charge higher fees and add a lot to your bottom line. But yeah, if you're charging $100 per day, and it's an average of a 10-day trip that you're planning, so basically a $1,000 fee, but the person who's willing to pay $100 a day is generally going to have enough spend that your commission is going to be well over 1000 So you're still making more in commission. And I don't think there's anything wrong with this. I do, I will say, because I've just seen this on a few advisors' um, websites before, like the way they're phrasing it, I do have a little bit of an issue just because it hurts all of us in the industry overall, I think, because there's just a lack of education. Like, you know, consumers don't understand what we're making exactly. um, in general. They, they have no idea what the commission is. I think they so think I, we make I, a I lot have- more money than they do. I think they think we make a lot more money, but I do take a little bit of an issue when people are charging like a very high daily fee, but phrase it as like, well, this is how I'm getting paid for it. Well, that's not the only way you're getting paid because you're actually making a lot more than that on the back end. I kind of like, well, not oh, wait, 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 anyone what your commission is, but you make a that really kind of frustrates me. This is related to fees, but not, but we know how many people are out there pretending to be travel advisors by just charging a per day fee to make an itinerary. But they have yeah. no... And, they're charging, and it's rack rate on the uh, product. Yes. That is... I mean, uh-huh. I we've harped on this before. If you know me personally, you know I really harp on having some type of barrier to entry because that is shit is shit. They're out there basically yeah. pretending... They want like to have their cake and eat it too in my head. Like you want to pretend you know what you're doing and you're a yeah, travel they're, advisor. They're just taking a feed to do the research. Because basically put, do, because. Do what you would have done on your own. They don't right. have relationships or rates. Yeah. Right. They're, and they're, then they're, the best part is when we're like, well, do you have a host? Or like, are, I mean, this is where to me a host would be easy and like simple. Mm-hmm. You could make some money on the back end and have some backup in that sense. And they're like, yeah. no, what, like, what do you, what? Like as long as the consumer yeah, that, well, understands that, what you're doing. Me- then yes, fine. But they like, don't. as long as they know they're literally paying you for an itinerary yeah. because they don't have the time. Actually, that part I have no problem with. That's on the consumer. Yeah. That's on the person paying yeah. you to right. just... they're choosing what they've bought. Right. Yeah. But I think we all can agree with, 
I mean, a lot, and I think a lot of people have their start this way. They're like, hey, I enjoy planning my vacations. Hey, I'm actually pretty good at it. And then they go on, you know, to become an advisor. And I think that's all fine and dandy. But the problem is that there's so many people out there that are like, hey, I've planned my own vacations and now I'm just going to go plan these random itineraries for people. And you're like, there's, y'all know that there's so much more behind our job than just planning an itinerary. There's also just like, it's just giving us all a bad name because if they go and have a bad experience, I just, I I do find it fascinating. I'm like, I don't even understand why. And I know why, because there's just not enough education out there. Like as a consumer, I'm like, I don't understand what the value in that is where it's like, you don't have specific, I do understand the value of like paying someone for an itinerary, but if they have specific knowledge, you know what I mean? Like you have a specialty, like this is what I do. I plan itineraries here for sure, 100%. But when it's like a generalist and like your trip might be the first trip that they're planning to that area, I'm like, they're not doing anything different than Googling because it's not like they have the connections of, you know, someone who works as an actual travel pro. Right. Like they're not doing anything. They're not helping you on the ground. Yeah, it's it's become yeah. such a convoluted industry in that sense. And it really I, I guess why I harp on it is I'm like, y'all, it's not hap- helping anybody. You might be OK with it now, but yeah. in 10 years, you're going to sound just like I do. Where you are like, oh, you know what? Those people kind of suck. We've all fought really hard to get as far as we have been considered professionals. Yeah. And now there's people out there. And, you know, it's the same in any industry for the most part, like. I'm sure in the financial advising industry or like comparable ones or realtor industry, you know, but at least they all have to take some tests. I mean, if you give your money to somebody who's not an actual realtor, that's on you. They can't, I actually don't think they can complete the (laughs) transaction for you. I mean, maybe they can, I have no idea. But I'm like, that's on you because there's nobody legal help. They're going to look at you and be like, so uh, did you? What? Yeah. It is. It's so fascinating. We've said this before. It's like, Like, well, we're just like such a high, like travel is like a high dollar, high risk industry. It's so strange to me that anyone would like casually get into selling travel because <laughs> like you can be sued. They so don't easily. understand the, the, the worth of Like they just don't get that. When somebody hands you $25,000 yeah. and whether that's big yeah. or small to them and then it's their time and you fuck it up, yeah. that's mm-hmm. on you, dude. That's, yeah, there's, yeah, that's on you. Actually, this goes right into a, a good, it's kind of a good segue. There's something else in fees I, I really want to go back to, but I think it's a decent segue to, because this is like kind of a, a high risk in that sense um, thing. Yeah. With all the recent um, news about some tour operators and some companies that have, you know, disappeared, yeah. we'll say gone dark yeah this is a great point and a couple of you have reached out to us to be like what do we do how do you you know how do you think this should be handled this really brings to light that because of the lack of regulation in our industry there's not a fucking thing you can do you can and i just want to point out something because katie and i've walked down this path a hundred times about ustoa which is the only to my knowledge so somebody can bring it to light to me if there's something else i'm just i don't know about it that is the only company out there that's like has a protection policy. But here's the thing. We just looked up the details. It's so a company that joins USTOA, which Katie, I'll let you talk about like the expense and why a lot of small tour operators can't afford it because it's yeah. insanely expensive. It's an insurance policy. But not only once you become a member, you have to put up a million dollars in security. But here's the thing. That million dollars isn't covering you, friends. It's covering the consumer. And if they owe a yeah. million dollars or if that's all that's up there, they probably owe more than that. 
it's not even going to cover every single person they have to pay. But it's not covering no, your it's commission. Not touch it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, I I would say okay. So let's talk about USTO specifically for a moment because there's a reason. If you go look at the list, you're only seeing like real big names on there, and that's because the cost for US based operator is from just under five grand to like over thirteen grand per year, and that is in addition to putting up um, the million dollar line of credit. And that amount of money for even a medium operator, I'm not even talking small operator, I'm talking like people doing like significant sales with, you know, maybe a team of four to 12, let's say, um, that doesn't make sense because that amount of money is like, that's a tr- So you guys have heard me talk about trade shows before. Trade shows run, generally they start, it's like going to be at least a five grand spend and that doesn't include collateral, travel, everything else. Mm-hmm. So that's a marketing budget. Like, so, and, and it doesn't really benefit us as small operators because again, it, it's protecting the consumer, sure. But if you are like a lot of medium to small operators and you are working with travel advisors in particular, um, it's, it's not protecting, like it's basically if you can afford USDOA, like, yeah, a million dollars is a drop in the bucket. It's not going to cover everybody who is going to get cut. I can tell you, there was a big name that went under right as I left my old job and got started. And um, it was like right in the middle of happening when I was in Ireland in 2013. So it was a topic of conversation at my meetings all around Ireland. And the dollar amounts owed to people on the ground were insane. Mm. I'm talking tens, tens of thousands of euros, right? Yikes. All around. So, yeah. So USDA is protecting consumers, but like, let's even just take this to a next level. Like if a, um, if a company goes down, like if a big name operator goes down, right? The amount that they are owing out, think, think of who's going to get paid first. Right. First is going to go any banks that they owe money, right? And then next is going to be probably the vendors on the ground because, you know, a hotel is going to have more of a legal standing. Um, to chase some money down. And if they're owed a significant amount, like say if they're owed 30,000 euros, then, then they're going to recoup that cost. Or, or your, yeah. Yeah, your 300 euro commission yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's not going to go. And then even the consumer, I mean, obviously what they would owe the consumer would be higher than your commission amount too. If someone spent um, 10 grand on a trip and you were making $1,000. So like your commission is honestly, in my head, at the bottom of that list, you're not going to get it. No. You're just not going to get it. And I don't mean that to sound like super negative, but just like accept, accept and I th- that, think, that reality. I think too, and um, I, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong because I'm sure they're walking through this right now. I've always been under the understanding with like the, at least with the insurance company I use, that like if they, I think one of the big things with the USTOA thing is like if they aren't on that list, like your insurance won't cover it either. Which means there's, I think, majority of the companies I work with wouldn't be on that list because I work with smaller yeah. companies. There's not that um, many on the list. I looked into it recently. No, I mean, there's some big names. Yeah, it's like all your big many. names. And so yeah. I kind of, that's like in, in the example of what's happened recently, it's, I don't, there's really not much you can protect yourself until the consumers demand regulation too. And I, I don't think that's going to, like, I don't anticipate that changing because shit right now. They're still dealing with the fact that like consumers based marketing is still all price based. So until the consumer, like every consumer can afford experience over price, 
Like this is not even a con- like, it's just a null and, null and void conversation no. in my head. Um, yeah, because like it's all price driven. All the marketing tells them so we're there's this was also in a Facebook forum where I saw people were saying like um, DMCs and tour operators are turning down like last minute requests because we've all seen such an insane influx this summer, and they've had to turn stuff down. I know I've dealt with that personally, and so and I'm like. And then people are shocked that things aren't available. Well, yeah, because everything is so price driven. The consumer is being told this still exists, that there's there is yeah. you know space out there for them, and there's and the pricing is great because that's what marketing is. It's about price. Yeah. It's not about anything else. But um, you know, we were talking about ways to protect yourself when you're trying out a new company. The only thing I can really think of, and I think Katie and I both said this, is if you're trying out a new company, you follow up behind them. They book the hotels, you deposit, you go and talk, you get contacts from them. You're like, oh, hey, can I have the guide's number, something like that? Obviously, the hotels are easy, um, but you just send emails just being like, hey. And you can, I don't actually think it's a terrible thing to tell the new DMC, hey, I, this is kind of my process when I'm learning you. I just, mm-hmm. you know, it's this is, and if they're, yeah. will they be slightly offended? Maybe, but at the end of the day, if they're doing the right thing, it's not going to be a thing. They're gonna be like, okay, well, like I here's mean, the information you need. All the, um, yeah, they should have everything on on the documents. You know what I mean? Um, like I have, like a, for, like if I if if we booked a trip together, I mean my the guide's phone number is on the documents. That's true. Um, well, that's not always the case. Oh <laughs> so uh, yeah, European true. DMCs I mean, can be so funky. People give. I got crap last week when I was at private luxury forums from. Um, there's so many, uh, Portuguese DMCs and companies there. And they were like, the companies used for Portugal aren't in Portugal. And I was like, some of them are in Spain and are, and I was like, and one even has us office. And I was like, you're right. But, uh, there's a communication issue. Like I've, and I've had no problems with the companies I've used, um, or the company that I mainly use. And I was like, um, because they, they understand the American market. And so it's yeah. constantly finding a balance in that sense. Like you are a good example of that. You might not be on the ground, but you also understand the American market and all your people are on the ground. So I think mm-hmm. it works really well. It yeah. doesn't, I don't, I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I think it's always just a balance of it of like, yeah, but if actually the company is for Italy, I love, and she's in Italy, but she can communicate very, very well. So it's not a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes a difference. I think, um, this is one thing I wanted to talk about because I've, it's kind of come to my attention recently that like a lot of advisors just aren't aware of this um, part of the background, back end, oh, I should yeah. say, on the operator standpoint. Uh, because as we were getting messages about what to do, I, I remember someone in particular was like, oh, I'd reached, you know, uh, they had a, a couple, I guess, that they had booked with a particular operator um, that, you know, we, we wasn't hearing good things about. And, um, like leaving in the next day or two. And I was like, well, what I do first is just reach out to the hotels and make like reconfirm, make sure it's confirmed, right? So ultimately, you're, you're going to figure out the rest, uh, whether whether you can track down your commission or not, like you still have a client to take care of. So you got to make sure that they're going to show up to the hotel and have a room, right? Now, that said, um, the she came back later and said like the not everything was paid. This oh. is normal. This is very normal. Um, most operators, I'm the only operator I know of for sure that prepays um, the vendors. And some of my vendors don't even want me to. Like some of my really small country houses, they keep my information on file and charge me 
after the fact. Right. Um, and that's, that's their choice because that's just how they prefer to do the, the accounting, but a large scale operation. And I totally understand why, because if things change and you, you're exchanging money back and forth, back and forth, it gets extra complicated. So most would be, um, like for me, that was a choice I made because I just feel good about it. And also, uh, it's helped me in negotiating, um, contracts because We've talked about this before. I, I want to be easy to work with. How can you be easy to work with? I'm going to pay you in advance. So, but most, that's just not the case. Most operators, especially large scale operations, they're going to be getting invoices from right. the hotels, their partners after the fact. Um, and then they're going to send payment. So if you call in advance of your client staying there, most of the time it will not have, it should be marked as paid, but it's not. Like the person at the front desk doesn't necessarily understand how that's happening in the background yeah. either. Um, so don't, that's, that to me, it's like, <laughs> I, it's kind of hard to say because it sounds alarming. It is, it's really not a cause for concern. It's not a cause for alarm. That's really how most of it is, um, done. And that's how when someone like an operator, and maybe that should be done differently. I don't know, but I don't see things changing on the back end, to be honest. But, like I was saying earlier, when a big operator goes down, that's why these like hotels and stuff are left on the hook with like tons of payments because like a few months of invoices go by and it's someone you've worked with for 20 years and you keep taking the business, then you might be left holding the bag on a lot of, a lot of money. Um, but yeah, so that's one thing I wanted to point out because I just don't think most. Um, no, I think you're right. Understand that, that and, and that's on that. you. If you're not asking that question and yeah. finding that out, talking to your host, ask like that's on you. So don't get upset. I, you know, I see this in a couple of different ways. Whether it's via you and other people asking me questions, and I'm like, that's nobody's fault for you not understanding that for not. And I think it's really yeah. key and crucial that you do understand how operators work because that makes you a more educated to talk to your client when there are questions and there are confusion. Like, hey, this is normal. Because again, the consumer is very used to, they they don't understand what they do. As far as they know, we're pointing and clicking too. They're only used to working with an Expedia or an Orbitz or whatever to make some basic travel arrangements where they're usually having to pay in full. They have no clue where that money's going. I mean, I think it's funny now, I run into this, um, where somebody like thought that I was taking the money and then was we had to make some changes and- they were like, I still haven't received this refund. And I had to go, did you see a charge on your card for this? For this amount? Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, okay. Put the, okay. like, I yeah. constantly feel like I have to put pressure back on the client to be like, the, like I, and I do usually say it at some point in our like consult, like I am not a credit card merchant. The only other, the only time you'll see my name on your card or is when Travel Joy charges you for my fee. Other than that, it's a checks and balances system. If you don't see the charge on your card for the amount I just sent you and you know told you was happening and then sent an invoice saying I charge, we have a problem. But I guess yeah. it's been interesting. I'm somebody who looks at my bank account every single day. So I in my head, everybody does, but I have found out the hard way multiple times that like people oh, no. don't yeah, pay no. attention. Don't. And yeah. I think that's like, I'm like, but is that my problem? No. That's on you for not paying attention. And then it's just funny though, like it, they just have no idea. So it's our job to educate them. But if you don't even understand what's happening, that's on you. And I think that part of yeah. this is like a good example of training and host and like, they're not talking to you about it. Hell, they don't probably even fucking know. 
thinking of yeah. some of our yeah. wonderful host agencies what, that exist. Uh, Lord, that's a yes. Well, I have more to say about that in, momentarily, but I actually just I know we have to talk too, about the spreadsheet some, uh, example. That's what I want to talk yeah, about because it's like we, one of my we definitely got to talk about the spreadsheet. <laughs> but I want to throw out real quick because, like, just like I was saying, like you, most advisors don't understand that like a lot of things aren't actually prepaid, and this is I want to say because I just want to make sure people understand. Like, this is a this is how hotels and most guides and stuff anticipate operating. They don't necessarily all want prepayment, uh, especially smaller. My smaller people are the ones who are like, nope, I'll charge you, you know, nope, I'll send you an invoice. Actually, like, they it just, is like turn it down. It is interesting um, that a lot of hotels don't want prepayment. I actually I ran into this domestically more, but just because of the way packages mm-hmm. are done. But you talk about that and clients always get really, really confused and will be like, can't you prepay this? Because they don't, they're used to traveling somewhere else where everything's all done. And I'm like, we can, but listen, when you get there, that front desk person is probably, you're going to be asked and you're going to have to show them that it's been prepaid. Yeah. Well, and here's a hard thing too. I mean, so even, this is a good example. Um, I can use it happened to me recently. So a property in Ireland that I have worked with since the, since I first joined the business. So I've been, had a good relationship for over 10 years now. We had a, um, it was three rooms stay. Uh, I had prepaid them as normal. And I've literally never, ever, ever encountered this as a problem. But the guests went to check out and they were like, oh, only two rooms were paid, not three. So there was a little bit of confusion. It was no big deal. They didn't charge the guests. Guests left. Um, but of course, the advisor reached out to me and then I in turn reached out to the hotel. It was just a human error. These things happen. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those things, like, unfortunately, even if things are, in fact, fully prepaid, um, there still could be a breakdown in communication somewhere along the line. Um, but paying after the fact is is the norm, and it's, um, it's agreed upon in the industry. You know what I mean? Like, operators are here for it, and the hotels and vendors are here for it, generally speaking. Like, of course, there's exceptions to every rule. But I think I, that was just all I wanted to say about that. Like, that's not a cause for concern. But here's another thing to look out for is um, if you were to – now, this would obviously be more concerning, but again, not necessarily meaning anything negative about the DMCs. I don't know if operators that do this, but it's more DMCs, um, especially background DMCs that say, like, people I would work with that are mm-hmm. working with operators. I don't know if they always are – like they're they're confirming the rooms, but I, they don't necessarily have guest names because they might be sending like um, the guest information later. So right. if a hotel right. can't pull up your booking, that's it could really be common because they don't have the guest names. Yeah, I was going to say that's so, I I always anticipate that that they're not going to yeah. have the guest names. Yeah. So, yeah, actually, I guess I don't know what my advice would be for. Well, I do. I have some. But let's talk first about um, hosted spreadsheets for a second. We just, on we, this is kind of going back to the fee, fee discussion. It's just, yeah. Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, I'll start. So, there's a, like we said, there's a trend right now of charging fees, and there's a lot of training out there. Um, that I've seen that is like how it's not actually telling you how to charge a fee. It's just pretty much insisting that you should charge a fee. And if you charge more, you'll make more, blah, blah, blah. And it all sounds so nice and easy. And it drives me 
absolutely insane because I've seen this multiple times um, where it's like, you know, people love to just like show a spreadsheet where it's like a list of trips. It's like, look, if you were charging $100, you made this much at the end of the year. But hold on. (laughs) If you had charged $500 on all these trips, look at all this extra money you made. Like as if it's just that fucking simple and never actually telling you how to charge a fee or how to have that conversation or like when it's a when's the right time to bump up to the next level of a fee or whatever because it's not that simple you guys like someone who is willing to pay you a hundred dollars may not be willing to pay you two hundred dollars if they pay you two hundred dollars they may not be willing to pay you five hundred dollars and it may impact the the trips that you're closing right on the way it's not as simple as just like doing a hike don't we all wish it was like hey that if i add those numbers up and i add those up (laughs) woo, woo, girl look at you it's like if i if i look at my sales for the year and i go back and like damn if i had charged an extra thousand dollars per trip what a fucking year it would have been (laughs) like people aren't gonna pay that and also no shit sherlock right like don't we all don't we all wish that was like wow yeah like that that is how money works oh so if they had given you more money i'm not i i don't want to like sit down because you would have made more (laughs) Like, like, <laughs> I don't know why I'm finding that like so extra funny today. Just because it just sounds even worse than it like like yo, yep, yep. That just sounds it's just so as bad as it is. Like, wow, stupid. Wow, uh, somebody and, paid you to uh, say that. Damn. Yeah, cool. and people are being like, said this is training, and then also with like zero. T- that kills me too. I hate when things have zero tangibles. Like. Okay, so I should just charge more. I don't have a single client, but you're telling me I should up my fee. All right. Right. I mean, this is like what kills me because when it comes to fees, like we said this at the beginning, like if you have a good book of business, like people are paying your fee and you have more more coming in, then you've done it. You've hit the sweet spot. And you may get to a point where like at the end of the year, you think, wow, I was maxed out and I have so many more requests coming in. I am going to, for for future bookings, I am going to start charging a little bit more. Okay. Uh, and then that's, that I makes was gonna sense. Say, that's like, exactly what, how I up my fee. Yeah. I was like, damn, something's got to yeah. stop or change. Right. You know? That's when you do it. It's not just a, uh, okay, I, I, you know, I, it's, it's my first or second year in the business and I have not had a full book of clients yet. And then suddenly decide to up it for whatever. I'm not saying that you can't play around with it, but it's not like you're just going to up it and suddenly every, you make more money. That doesn't, um, mean anything. You, you have to have that influx of people coming in so that you can, one, charge those fees and have enough to close on because the more your fee goes up, you will lose some people along the way. That's fine. That's like a natural evolution of your business. But I think also have though, people coming in. Right. Well, and I think also with the fee going up, the goal should also be, at least for me, is to be taking less clients at a higher value. Yes. 100%. You know, like the I yeah. want to take less clients, but maybe making more to balance it all out. Because really, I want to give the best possible service. So sometimes in order yes. to do that, I have to, you have to up your fee, take a little less to make a little yeah, more. And it all less. it all kind of works out. Yeah. It also doesn't work out overnight, y'all. Like, once again, no, no magic button. process. You got to work through it. You're going to make, again, you're going to make mistakes. <laughs> you're going to take some. But hold on, two, hold on. If I just change this to like a higher fee, though, you're... 
Yeah. I mean, I mean, the sum at the bottom of the spreadsheet did go up. So you're telling me it's not a magic button. <laughs> I mean, it, I guess it is. I'm lying. It is actually in that case. <laughs> Fucking A. Uh, <sighs> People wonder why I'm so passionate and crazy about this shit. <laughs> God, well, because it. it's, this is a real conversation to have. Like, I, I, I do think this is something our industry should talk about more because when and if you should charge a fee is one, there's so many things involved. Like one, where are you in your business, right? That's going to inform a lot of things. Two, what is your typical clientele? How much are they spending? Someone who's spending five grand on a trip is not maybe going to spend as much on a fee as someone who's spending 25 grand on a trip. Um, are you booking non-commissionable items? Are you going to be booking ancillary services that you aren't going to make commission on? That you Are you doing concierge services? Are you making dinner reservations and all these extras um, right. kind of thing? Like, are you doing a little more hand-holding? Um, and then there's stuff like, what type of trips are you planning? Because some stuff is just like quick quotes versus obviously FITs are more time intensive and require... Um, more yeah. on the relationship side and on the expertise side. So, like, where you have what to like factor all of these are these you things you doing? In. Yeah, because there's yeah, other fee models like, that exist too. Some people do like a very low base fee of like just a hundred or a hundred per person, and then if you mm-hmm. want concierge services, this is how much it costs. And I think that's a great model too. Yeah, I I yeah. personally don't do that. I actually I like that model a lot. I just I'm like shit. I don't want to sit here and keep track of all of it. So that's where I stand with it. I just want for me, mm-hmm. it's more important at this season in the life in my life that I just have a standard protocol and I'm just following that. So yeah. I'm not sitting there going, wait, what are the Smiths want and what are the Jones doing? What they pay for? Uh, so I think you have to, you know, do what works best for your brain too. Like how do you operate I, and I what also, works too, for you? Yeah, yeah. Like what's going to be a smooth process for you? This actually makes me think though too. Like kind of going back to like a advisor um, supplier relationship, like with your DMCs and operators too. Like, again, I know I've said this a thousand times and people are probably sick of it. Like operators aren't charging fees to advisors, right? right? It's just the way it is. And that's fine. That's the way we're like, that's the social agreement we have right now. But keep, <laughs> but keep in mind that like when you're asking your advisor, like for, or sorry, asking your operator to, kind of not that they shouldn't go above and beyond but like you know sometimes i get asked stuff that really is not in my realm it's something that the advisor in my opinion should be handling because they are the client facing whether that's like hey they have a question about like what does um smart casual dress mean it's like listen that's on you man i shouldn't be teaching you this i am not paying a f- i'm not getting paid a fee you're getting paid the fee but you're coming to me to like handle every last you know, tiny, tiny thing, even when it's not really impacting what I'm doing for your client at all. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, you've been, you've been asked some stuff that I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, man, I wish I started asking DMCs and maybe I'm, I have seen other things, you know, in Facebook forums or, or whatever stuff like that. And I'm like, I clearly don't utilize them to that extent. Um, I apparently do. I don't know if it's just my time and grade, like the I've yeah. been doing this long enough that I either would look other elsewhere. I wasn't taught to ask those questions. I don't know. Yeah. I think sometimes that I'm like it's kind of to your point. They're getting the fee, and yet mm-hmm. that I mean I said this earlier. Yeah. Like uh, I feel I, I think awkward about that. Concierge services 
Yeah, concierge services made me think about that because I'm like, mm, I get enlisted for concierge services a lot. And it's interesting because I know that they're they're charging for it and sending one email to me. And then I'm supposed to, you know, take the two hours to do all of that. Right. Yeah. For no fee. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. This is just a little, uh, just a little well, think about what you're doing. Think what you're asking. A little tidbit for you. Just, well, and you uh, know what? The nice rule of thumb is don't be a dick. <laughs> so if you ask yeah. nicely and you're like, hey, I just am not sure how to answer that. I think just giving context. Again, this is what the internet has yeah. taken from us. Um is context, right? Like sometimes we're yeah. firing enough email. Actually, Instagram is amazing. It's the worst for us, not amazing. It's amazingly the worst. Where people forget that you feel like you know the person on the other end because you're seeing them on stories or whatever, oh but you forget that they yes. don't know you. And yeah. like, I, they're not seeing your stories. They're not, you know, you for, people forget. So I can't stand when people are like, Blah, 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 blah. And no, hey, how are you? Like, I don't know why I'm so big on the greeting, but like, I well, want to be spoken to like no, a person. No, it makes a, yeah, it makes a huge difference. So like, just like we were saying, like with the client questions. So this is super common for me for um, an advisor to just simply forward me an email and be like, hey, they're asking this stuff below. Can you let me know? And and then another nice way to do that is to be like, I'll I'll reply to them regarding this, this, and this, you know, because I'm obviously seeing their whole list. And sometimes they're asking about air or, you know, things that like aren't in my purview. But like a lot of times too, I also just like people will, like an advisor will just straight up forward me their client email and say nothing. And then I have to go <laughs> read through and be like, okay, well, I guess I'm supposed to answer all of this. And then like, Figure it out. And then people get upset too if you don't like, you know, reply within 24 hours. And it's like, sometimes you get these list of questions. It's like, listen, that's just a 30 minute to an hour reply. Like, this is not a quick, you know, hey, you know, where's the driver going to pick them up? Like, oh, okay, here, you know, it's not a quick reply. Um, right. It's, yeah. A greeting goes a long way. We, I feel like we've covered a lot here. All yeah, right. Let's, I think this is should good. we kind of go through and like, Let's give a little some little takeaways. I think on I think on the fees front, the main thing I hope people take away is ultimately do what's right for you. Test, rinse and repeat. Test, rinse and repeat. It's not you, you know, just because you made a decision to not charge a fee today doesn't mean you can't change that tomorrow or the next day or the next day. You don't have to um do what everyone's telling you to do whether that is training or you feel the pressure or even from us regardless like do take take all take your entire business into context and um give it some thought there and you want to be able to hit a sweet spot where you are either charging or not charging or whatever at an amount that makes you feel really good that makes you happy with the business that you're getting and it's working for you and working for your clients at the Uh, end of the day yeah agree um, and then what should we say on the operators front? I mean, I would say for operators for, you know, we've kind of talked about this where it's like, what do you do? Because obviously being on a preferred supplier list is not going to protect you. Your host can't save you. And being, even being part of USTOA is that's to protect consumers. That's not to protect you as an advisor. So there is inherently just risk. And, and I should say this risk is like, regardless if you if you're trying to put things together on your own, you know what I mean? You right. can't have a guide that just flakes on you. Um, yeah. At, well, that, let's be real. At the end of the day, I was talking about this with um, actually a relative yesterday, because she works for a resort. And 
at the end of the day, we are, again, we're in a people-based customer service business where we're relying on other people to do their jobs. Yeah. That is all we do. We rely on other people. Everybody's got a job to do. And if they don't want to do it, it doesn't matter if you booked it, Katie booked it, uh, Colette booked it, um, any of them. If somebody doesn't want to do their job that day, it's SOL. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how long someone's been in business. It doesn't matter if they were a part of a giant consortia. It doesn't matter if they were on a preferred list. Oh, yeah. We never touch that. But your consortia and your host aren't saving anything for you. They're not helping you. I think a lot of you have figured that out the hard way. But guess what? They don't give a shit. They're just going to blacklist them. They're not going to help you find Mm -hmm. any money or anything. I mean, the sad part is they they need that money, too. Well, I was just going to say, like... A host they is also needing from, that commission. A consortia wouldn't. They got their marketing money. A consortia wouldn't. But yeah, they got their marketing money. Um, a host yeah, actually I mean, would kinda, need the money and you'd think they'd help, but chances are they're yeah. probably not going to. Yeah, because it's, it's a lot of manpower to also chase all of that down. And probably, too, like they know, they know what the likelihood is of getting it. So it could be just they're viewing it as a sunk effort. Um, yeah, so it, it really – there's no – I, I think because I talked about this on Instagram too. It's like as soon as like an operator goes under, there's a meet. Of course, everyone like it's like a, a ripple through the community, and everyone gets you know the hairs on their neck stand up, and they get nervous about every small supplier that they're working with. These were not small suppliers, guys. That have <laughs> no, and it's just um, I so think it's not size of operation that is a um, yeah. So it's not size. It's not time in business. No. It's not any of those things it's bad it's just bad business practice like they ran out of money and that's what it is i mean there's unfortunately but what could you things that i think people should be on the lookout for um i said this to you yesterday i think heather it's like to me being very late in commission is like that's that's the canary in the mine like if you find out in your Facebook forums or in your own experience, even if it's someone that you've booked with a bunch of times, if, if they're suddenly being evasive and not giving you a clear answer and they're very late in commission, to me, that means that they use that commission for cash flow and that does not bode well for nope. you. Because I can tell you as an operator in my backend systems, um, commission money, like I obviously take full payment from the client. I'm taking gross. That just sits there. Um, it doesn't go anywhere until I pay it out. I've never used it for cash flow. I've never needed to. Um, so when they're paying very late, that means they're struggling to pay that money out, which means they're behind in cash flow. And, you know, you all, you guys know how tricky this business could be. Like one bad month after that could sink you, you know, they could have the best of intentions and have been a great company. But like, if you get behind and have a few no sale months, then uh, you're, then you're, yeah, yeah. SOL. I, I so I, I'm, I think a reasonable time is I always pay, um, I've like changed it a few times, so it's never been later. Like I used to do immediately after, but I was doing it so individually that now I, now I send out commissions twice a month, and it's right after your clients travel. So like if you, which I think is very normal. Finish as long yeah, as, I think like, that's the norm. I was gonna say I think like most, most of the time twice a month, within thirty days. I actually we've talked about this. I say within. I don't panic until it's been like over six weeks i don't even panic isn't even there two months is like i'll give them too much that fucks up my books though let's be real i'm if somebody travels especially when it's like over a grand commission and i'm sitting here waiting i can't Mm -hmm. do my own personal finances 
because I'm sitting yeah. here waiting. It's also like, I mean, that's part of the reason I charge fees. I'm like, what? I'm supposed to sit around and wait? Cool. Like, yeah. no, dude. Yeah. I, you know, I have bills to pay. I have employees to pay. And I, you know, can't rely, unfortunately, on our industry in that sense. Yeah. Um, there is a program called Scion uh, that will hopefully help with this. Um, it's still in kind of like the early stages and... Um, I think it's a. I think it has potential to be a really great program, and they're trying to get everybody on board, like both you know the hotels and stuff like that. And I think there's a lot of wonderful potential there. So I hope that that continues forward, and they do what they want to, because I think yeah. it could be such a game changer for all of us in terms of commission. But yeah, I mean, I will. I will allow up to two months. Um, yeah. Until I'm like but kind it, of an asshole I about it, and like, here's- hey, yeah. Well, yeah, which is what you got to do, too. Because, like, again, your host isn't going to save you. I, I well, and I don't, up with that as person. you know, like, I don't have a host. It's on me to to follow right. up with it. Also, if a host isn't following up for you, P.S., you're paying them. It's their money, too. Uh, that does actually, not make sense okay. to me. I'm like, come on. I know, <laughs> that brings to us to... Uh, to the to the also the concept of because we've heard this before where ho- like you're not getting if you're not getting your commissions in a timely manner from your host because I can tell you for me like as an operator most of the time uh, uh, the commissions are going directly to the um, the main off the main host agency right is is how they has how they operate and then it's paying out to the advisors so yeah if they're not if they're using your ca- your commission as cash flow that yeah get out. Get a better host, right? I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. Yeah. Nope. See ya. You're also pay- you are to paying. You are paying. Yeah. Yeah. And especially if they're not going to go do stuff. Yeah. Something's up. Yeah. Yeah. If they're not, if or if you are having, if you're struggling to get a commission and they're not, and you reach out to them and they're not helping you, like remember, yeah, you're paying them. You're paying for their service. So uh, get out of there. Um, the other thing uh-huh. I would look out for is if for FIT. Uh, in particular, like the standard, I do a 25% deposit um, and then balance due later, which is the standard. And uh, then, but if they're suddenly like asking for a standard FIT, if they're asking for like 50% or something, I'd be a little bit wary because like, why are they needing that much deposit money up front? That's true. I was going to say that's, that's, yeah. I mean, things, that's a good thing to look out for too. Ask them, and I don't yeah. be don't be afraid to just point blank ask. Hey, how do you operate? The more you know, yeah. the better off we all are, right? The more we're educated, we can educate the consumer. We all work more fluidly together. Yeah, so. I mean, I've had people ask me that before. They're like, "Do you work? Off, do you uh, have contracts, or are you um, just doing a straight markup?" And I'm like, "No, that's I have contracts." So you can ask. They should tell you. Yeah. Um, and if they don't, then keep I would find somebody living. else. Yeah, I was going to say. They yeah. have something to hide. I don't know. I just feel weird about that. I think, but I'm yeah. also super open about everything. So not yeah. everybody is like that. But all right. Well, like hopefully you guys. One. Yeah, I was going to say, we'll, we'll shut it down. But <laughs> hopefully you found this beneficial and uh, we'll see you on the gram. All right. Bye.